Hi everyone, welcome to Safer Shemais. Um, it's really the beginning of the crossover from going from a family to a nationhood and the beginning of our story as a Jewish people and our ultimate journey into getting to Eretz Yisrael. Safer Barishas really talks about us as a family, our foremothers and forefathers, and even the beginning of Sefer Shemais is Eilu Shemais. These are the names of the 12 tribes that eventually came down to Egypt and how they turned into the big nation of Hebrews, later Israelites, that we are today, B'nai Yisrael. Um, and what struck me is that the first three protagonists in Sefer Barishas are three powerful Jewish women. Shifran Pua, which is Yochaved and Miriam, and later Batya, the daughter of Parai. And it's so interesting that right now the Jewish people are really in the first form of genocide, the first holocaust of many, many, many in Jewish history. The Jewish people are constantly, currently experiencing terrible persecution in the hands of Pharaoh, and the hands of Parai. And essentially, Parai tries to summon Shifran Pua who are the midwives of the Jewish people at the time, since in the stars, he asked his astrologers, and his astrologers told him there's gonna be a Jewish baby born, that, a baby boy that is born, and this little baby is going to take your slaves out of Egypt. And Paris says, it's not gonna happen on my watch. So he summons the midwives in and says, every time a baby boy is born, you will kill that baby. They go back, nothing happens. Paris summons them in again. And Shifra and Poa use their brilliance as Jewish women to say, these Jewish women, they give birth like animals. They give birth so fast that by the time we get there, the baby's already born. They don't even need us. Where do they get this brilliance? They took inspiration from Yaakov's description of the 12 tribes of last week's par Parsha, such as Yehuda being a lion, and essentially explaining to Parah, we're not going to do such a thing with that pretext. Um... And essentially, Paris is not going to happen. So what are we going to do instead? We are going to take these, we go, I'm going to send soldiers out on my own. And these soldiers are going to go in the middle of the night, steal Jewish baby boys and drown them in the Nile. It's interesting, the Midrash says, why did the river, the Nile River turn to blood? Why did the Nile River turn to blood? Tell us the truth of what was going on. The Nile River at the time, even today, was a source of the irrigation, the economy of the Egyptians. Their lives really revolved around the Nile, not just for sustenance, but also for pleasure and enjoyment. They would go get a dip, go for a swim, go drink their pina coladas, go play ball with their friends. But really the Nile River had a dirty secret. And the truth of the Nile River is that at the middle of the night, little baby boys, Jewish baby boys, were being thrown in the Nile River that really this river that you think is this place of your hangouts and vacation is really a bloodbath. And that was the power of the plague. The plague revealed the truth. So now let's continue and talk about our next powerful Jewish woman. The story continues with telling us that the daughter of Levi and Amram, essentially Yehavid and Amram get married. And Rashi brings a Gemara in Saita that tells us why do they have to get married? Weren't they already married? And tells us the really powerful story of Miriam. When Miriam was a little girl, her parents got divorced. 
And the reason why they got divorced is because they were looking at all the persecution around them and they said, why would we put ourselves, why would we put ourselves through this terrible circumstance? Why would we put ourselves through the pain of having a little baby boy and this baby boy is going to be drowned? And Miriam comes running and the Gemara and Saita Yud Gimel explains that she would run around and say, there is go, I have a prophecy. And my prophecy is that a Jewish baby boy is going to be born from both of you. And this Jewish baby boy is going to take us out of the terrible slavery that we are in. When the little baby boy was born, her father went and kissed her and said to her, Miriam, look, your prophecy is being fulfilled. This baby came into the world. He was perfect, beautiful, light filled the house. And there was so much hope for a good future. Three months later, when there is no choice but to put throw this baby into the Nile, hide this baby into a basket, Amram comes to Miriam and rebukes her heavily. It says here, even hits her on the head and says, Miriam, where is your prophecy? What happened to this? And thus, Miriam, with the confidence and the strength, she knew that there was going to be a prophecy. She follows her little baby that her mother puts in a little basket, covers it with kafir, covers it with tar in order that the basket doesn't get wet and puts her little baby in her brother into the Nile. But say Tzena, Miriam, and Miriam stands there and she watches what happens to a little baby brother. It's a crazy question that comes up. What did she think was going to happen? How did Miriam, like how much emona did Miriam have to have? What, the chances of the daughter of Parag Batia coming to rescue her little baby brother from the Nile was next to naught. It was almost zero. Better chances are an alligator would come. Someone would be like, oh, Jewish baby, and toss the baby, throw the baby into the Nile. What were the chances? What was Miriam waiting for? Why was she standing there? And it really emphasizes the emuna that Miriam had. Emuna, Miriam had this steadfast belief because she had this novoa as a little girl. She's six years old, but she knows that because she has this Navoa, that this little baby is going to take her entire people and end this persecution. In 80 years, that prophecy is only fulfilled. But Miriam knows that that is what's going to happen and the baby is a baby. But she knows this baby is special, but Tetsena Miriam, she stands there and she watches. And lo and behold, Bas Para comes and starts, wants to bathe with her maidens in the river. What are the chances? And as Basparai is swimming in the Nile, she sees a basket. And the Tara tells us it's crazy. Right here. The Teres Hateva Sof, she saw the box in the reeds. The Tishlach is Amasa Vitikacheha. She, she, re, she sent Amasa, Amasa means her maiden, to take the basket, which makes complete sense. But we all remember as little kids in preschool and kindergarten, 
that we made that little, um, we painted or made a little um, hands of Batya and we essentially elongated the hands and the, and the hands went and stretched out over the Nile and was able to reach for the baby and bring the basket all the way to Yochaved, to Batya. And Rashi over here brings a Midrash and the Midrash says over here, Es Amasa, her hands, don't read it am, amasa as her maiden, ama eshivchasa, the rabbis say no darsho, lashan yad. And our rabbis say that we're not just saying that the maiden went to get the basket, lashan yad. Her hand was able to elongate and outstretch itself and get that basket. Like we said, there is something deeper over here. It's not just a midrash, it's not just an idea that our rabbis tell us. What does Batya teach us? Batya is my favorite name from when I was a really little girl. All my dolls were named Batya. And Batya is not a Jewish girl. And not only that, she's a princess in the house of Pare. Um, years ago, I listened to a share and explained to me that Batya was like Hitler's daughter, essentially. Like, imagine if Hitler's daughter went to a concentration camp went and grabbed a little baby and took that little baby and brought it home to Hitler's house to be raised. What did Batya think? What was she thinking? I'm going to take this baby who has a breast, which is clearly Jewish, and take this baby and bring, my, bring this baby home to my father? To my father who wants to get rid of these babies? That's treason of the highest order. Not only that, she's the daughter of Parai. Shouldn't she be standing steadfast with her father? And one thing to save the baby, another thing to adopt the baby as her own. And not only that, the name of the baby is the name that Batya gave the baby. The baby was three months old. The baby had a name. But what does she say? She named him Maisha. Batikra Shemai Maisha. She named him Maisha. Batamer, because she said, Ki minha from the water, I drew him. What does this teach us? Something really crazy, really powerful. Not only that, more than that, she knows this Jewish This is a Jewish baby because the Jewish baby is only going to be breastfed by the mother herself, by Miriam running to get Yochaved. She probably would gauge that the girl that is looking through the reeds at this baby is someone related to this baby, Yet she takes the risk of raising this baby. What does this teach us about Amasa? The rabbis hint to us and explain to us the Mesiris Nefesh of Batya, that Batya outstretched her hands. If anyone would have asked Batya, is that a good idea? Is it a good idea to go and take this baby and essentially raise this baby in your father's house? Anyone would say no. Everyone will say no. But what did Batya do? She took this baby and raised this baby as her own. That's what it means. But Amasa, her Amasa, it was not her maiden. She outstretched her hand. She pushed herself. She outdid anything she could possibly do. And Masha, in a sense, embodies that character from his stepmother embodies that idea to go 
above and beyond himself at a time where Moshe essentially, the next story that we speak about is Moshe growing up and essentially looking at a mystery, whipping a Jew. And what would be the smart thing to do of Moshe? The smart thing would do is ignore it, walk away, try to think of a better big picture response to it. Maybe consult Parai, maybe trying to bring reforms in. No, he straight away decides, I have to do something about it now. Does it make sense what I'm doing? Not 100% makes sense. But if I go through the bureaucracy and the law and order of what is going on over here, I'm not going to get anything done. Moshe learnt from his stepmother, Batya. He was above rationale, above reason. But she did, she outstretched her hand and did what had to be done to save a little baby. That is Batya. And because of that, Moshe, our leader, the one that would go above and beyond to even save a little lamb, that is our leader. Our leader was surrounded by, was born from three powerful Jewish women. And that is why in Parshas Beshalach, it says so powerfully that, that after all the Jewish people sang Az Yashir, Miriam sang her own Shira because 80 years later, her prophecy from when she was a little girl finally came true. As it says, And Miriam was the one that after all was said and done, she stood there with the Jewish women, with the tambourines and said, finally, my vision, my future, my Nevia from when I was a little girl finally was fulfilled. Have a good job, this.